uh, transparent in that way. It really ministered to me. So um, we really appre- I really appreciate creativity. You know, that writing poems and writing stories, artwork, um, writing songs, photographs, trimming rose bushes. <laughs> which I'm not very good at. I watched some YouTube yesterday because my, my rose bushes, I love rose bushes. And I think the reason I really love them is they fight back. <laughs> and uh, so I watched some YouTube and, and, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching them real close because I need to trim mine and I did. And I need to watch the YouTubes again. And the other reason I like them, I want to, I want to say another reason I like them, they, they bloom more than once. I really enjoy that. And they're very hardy. So come fall, I'm going to whack the heck out of them. You know, it's like uh, I went, years ago I went to a, um, a church, and I, this is after I, I got saved. And, you know, I was a part of the culture, so I had really long hair and other things. And um, so and I was going to this church, and uh, I went, I decided, I felt like, I don't know why, but I felt like, so I went out and got a haircut. And, and I was at church, and it was a great church, love church, and the, the, brother, the, brother past, the pastor, Brother Mobley, he died when he was like 90-something. He was probably the holiest man I've ever met. I'm dead serious. I mean, I've always appreciated him and everything. And, and he always had a three-piece suit on, always. And... Um, and, and I always sat in the first two rows somewhere, in the first two rows. And somehow, his eyes met me. And he said, oh, God is moving. Daryl got a haircut. And you'd think I got saved. And, I, you know, and I appreciated what he said because he came from a, a tradition, a different culture and a tradition. And, um, I mean, I thought he had long hair for his culture myself. But anyways... Um, <laughs> anyways, um, you know, the Lord is moving and the Lord is doing a lot of wonderful things. And lately we've been talking about kind of like the para- paradoxes of some of the paradoxes of scripture. And, uh, you know, a paradox is something that seems like it shouldn't be real. In other words, here's a good paradox. This is, this is one I came up with all by myself. Dirty rain. Doesn't that sound weird? Have you ever had rain on your car and come out and said, I just washed you, and it's dirty, dirty rain? How about this one? You get more tired standing than you do walking. That's a truth. That's a truth. You get more tired standing than you get walking. Jesus would say things like this. This He would say things like, you gain by losing. You gain by losing. Well, you, amen. Living that out, it's a journey, right? The daily activity. You gain by losing. He also says you get raised up by lowering. Right? Well, that is a countercultural statement. You know, we get raised up by working hard, stepping on other people's feet, um, you know, getting a, a degrees, you know, uh, p- 
positioning yourself, all those kinds of things, performance-oriented. And yet Jesus says, no, 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 that's not how that works. In the kingdom, you get raised up. Basically, he did this in John 13, where he talked about you. in the kingdom, you get raised up by serving others. So it's a, this heart transformation, as he's talking about. You know, and all of that is... All of the things that we're talking about, these paradoxes, all about being selfless or more kingdom-minded or stepping out of yourself for the good of others. All of these things that we're talking about, just, and it has to do, not in performance, but it has to do with a transformation of your heart and beginning to see scripturally differently. And you say, well, you know, Daryl, um, what inspired you in this? Well, every week I put this up here. I have a few of these back there from last week. This was a sermon given by a brother named Dick Mills, who is now with the Lord. He was a a four-square pastor that was at a meeting. Uh, Four-square used to have Life Bible College, used to be an Echo Park, and a place, uh, a a church called uh, Shekinah. Oh, boy. Shekinah Glory, I believe was the name of it. But anyways, it's not there anymore. It was given over to, um, oh my gosh, don't talk if you can't remember. <laughs> It'll come to me. Anyways, the, the, the church was given to another ministry. And anyways, he came and spoke here at our church um, in 2002, 2004, and he wrote this out. This was his sermon right here. The four paradoxes of Scripture. Gain by losing, uh, rise by lowering, get by giving, and live by dying. And um, these were his notes. And he had some paradoxes himself that he wrote here. Hot ice. Clean dirt. How about this one? Military intelligence. A real phony. And how about this? This is another one. Jumbo shrimp. (laughs) You know, so Dick gave this to me, and this sits on my desk. When I'm done with the series, I'm going to frame it. And uh, because what it says, a word from the Lord just for you. Dick Mills. And I'm saying a word from the Lord just for you. So we have a few of these in the back, and I, we wrote out a, a prayer in the, on the back of it. If you are so, well, I'd say pray it and let the Holy Spirit move in your life. Last week I talked about some core values. And core values are something by which we live by. Something that moves us forward. Things that are unnegotiable for you. Unnegotiable. Things that, you, that you've decided, these things are not negotiable in my life. And not, these are some that I wrote. I'm not saying that you should have the same ones, but these are things that are non-negotiable for me. And one of those things for non-negotiable for me is being authentic. Being the real deal. Not just in word, but in practice. Living out what I believe. Living out what I believe in every given situation, no matter how much pressure comes my way. And I cannot honestly stand in front of you saying that I've been successful all the time with that. 
but I still fail forward. So I still go back to it, and, and I learn from God, and I try, to, I try to go forward with that. Honesty and integrity. Something that, that is constantly in front of me that I want to live, I want to be practiced. I want to be known for those things. I want to be known to be an honest person, a person of integrity. I want to be known for when I say something, it's as if I wrote my name to it as a contract. You know, when I give deal, handshake, should be good enough. That's, that's how I feel about it. And uh, so I try to live up to those. Accountability and commitment. Accountability in this independent world is huge. We're accountable as long as it's good for us, right? As long as it's good for me or for us, we're accountable or, or, or we're committed. Well, I'm still learning. I'm still in that learning curve, but this is important to me, accountability. Passion and community. Being passionate. Loving the unlovable. Loving the things that God loves and learning. And so I'm going to, here again, I want to say I'm still in that journey. And the community, learning how to live life and do life together and be together. And um, so those are some of the things I think we're still learning. We're still growing in, especially because our culture is it's such a counterculture to us. Everything out there says that we're self-promoting, that we're independent, and we're performance-based. Everything around us, everything around us. And, and I'm not trying to say those are things are bad. I'm just trying to say this is not what Jesus died for. It's not how he's invited us to live. And here's the other thing about that. I can't do this on my own. If I was to just try to have these values for myself, it would become works. It would become duty. It wouldn't have any heart behind it. In Jesus, I'm not powerless. I can overcome. I can change. And I can become all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Right? So I don't, I'm not saying I, I, I lean on Jesus. I say, Lord, I need help with this. And sometimes I, well, I probably ask that on a daily basis, a little more transparent. Um, faith and spirituality. Now, I think, now this is not in no certain kind of order, but much of what we talk about here is based on my faith in Christ. And growing spiritually is also very important to me. So I see myself, and I, I trust you do too, as a lifelong learner, otherwise known in the Bible as a disciple but a lifelong learner, a person that wants to constantly grow and change, a person that is pliable. You know, uh, he's the potter and we are the clay. So he's constantly fashioning us and molding us. He's constantly changing us. Some of, some of you, God might be working on, you know, Financial disciplines and other things. Some of you, God might be working on the fact that you need to learn to love people better and, 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 and have a heart for the broken and bereaved and things like that. So God, His Holy Spirit is moving in different ways. We're not all in the same place. But we want to encourage everybody to be all that they can become in Christ Jesus. So here's some things that that, um, are, that are important to me, and the faith and spirituality. I'm going to talk a little bit about this today. One thing that is important, I think, 
for followers of Christ, for believers, for people that live in the life of the kingdom, the community of the kingdom, should be one key aspect needs to kind of resonate around us in all kinds of ways. And that's generosity. A follower of Christ should be the most generous person in the world. Help us, Jesus. Right? I mean, it's, 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 it's a challenge. And I'm not just talking about money. No, no, no. I'm not just talking about money. I, I'm talking about how we interact with people. How, how we drive our car down the road. Oh, yeah, sure. Come on over. There you go. Instead of the, okay. One of the paradoxes that we're talking about is you get by giving. You know, you, you give and receive. And one of the things that we talk about in, the, in our in the world is money makes the world go round, right? Money makes the world go round. Everything around us tells us that. Everything that we do, economics, you know, you pay your bills and all those kinds of things, it's right there in front of us. Everything about money. Money uh, is a symbol. It's status. You know, it, 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 uh, people look at you. And I, look, I li- I've lived in Park City. I have built some very, very expensive homes. For, for very, very rich people. And I see how people act around rich people. And I just shake my head. Really? You think this guy's going to just open his wallet to you because you're you know, jumping around him like a pop, puppy dog? Right? But there's something in us gets drawn to status and wealth. You know, it, it's, it's what our society promotes, right? It is. But yet, is it what Jesus is talking about when he talks about you get by giving? I think there's a big picture here. I think finances is a part of it, trust me. But I think there's so much more involved that has to do with character. It has to do with being otherly, being concerned about those people, being responsible for what God has given you, and being faithful. I think, I think there's much more here than just, you know, putting something in a bag when it comes by. I think there's so much more here, and we're going to try to unpack that in the next few weeks for you. Because there's a scripture here that just challenges me and I'm hopefully it'll do the same for you so if you have your bibles or your phone uh, your bible app click it or turn it to Luke chapter 6 oh and for those of you that left yours in the car on the dresser next to the bed on the coffee table I'll have it on the screen for you But before I read these scriptures, 
I want to read you another scripture. Now remember that Jesus, as he's walking, he's, he's ministering. And Luke 6 here is Luke's account of the Sermon on the Mount, part of the Beatitudes. But as Jesus is moving, he's ministering, he's drawing these crowds of people to him. And he's articulating the heart of God. And he's saying some very challenging things, but at the same time, they're going, that's right. People are going, that's right. I believe that. Have you ever heard somebody speak and they articulate, you know, scriptures in such a way you go, bingo. That's what I believe. I just could never say it that way. Right? Yeah, ever anybody had to do that? Have I ever done that? <laughs> just joking. But the founder of the vineyard, when I came to know John and started listening to him, he did that for me all the time. He would start unpacking scripture and go, you know, intuitively, I believe that about what he's saying, what he's saying, what Jesus is saying there. And it would just illuminate in my heart. I would be so appreciative that he would, you know, expound and communicate these words. So here, this is happening around Jesus, not only with his 12, but he had a following. When Jesus was in town, people showed up and he was articulating God's heart to them. You know, and it wasn't coming across in a condemning way. It wasn't coming across in legalism. He was communicating passionately God's heart for people and the invitation of God. And remembering, there's also during this time, you have the Roman element, the, you know, conquerors, the, those that would come and inflict upon this nation of people that were God's chosen people, that were God's people that, that were chosen by him, and they have this long history of God protecting them and using them and, and have this covenant promise. So when Jesus would talk about you know, receiving or getting or God's heart, they would probably think of Deuteronomy 28.1, which says this, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all of his commands that I am giving you today, the Lord, the Lord God will set you up high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offsprings of your herd and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Whatever you, wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be blessed. And so they come into this oppression with this word. They come into this place of conquering with this word. And so Jesus comes along, and there's those that said, he is the Messiah, and he's speaking of these things. And so the back of their mind, they're going, we're going to be blessed. Fruit of my hands are going to be blessed. Wherever I go, I'm going to be blessed. Because that was the promise of God. But Jesus unpacked that a little bit, little bit more for them. Luke, um, we'll begin with Luke 6.27. 
where it says, but to you who are willing to listen, to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. And if anyone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other one. That's one of my favorites. Depends on what end you're on, right? Anyways, if someone demands your coat, offer them shirt, your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when, the, and, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do, do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Now that's, that's, anyways, even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. Verse 34. And if you lend money only to those who can pay you or repay you, why should you get credit? Even the sinners will lend to others, other sinners, for a full return. And even with interest. Added by Daryl. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are, un, who are, who are unthank, unthank, thankful and wicked. Now look, that's, that's a word. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Now here we go. Verse 37, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Wow. Okay, so my first question is, how does that work? I see myself as a fairly generous guy, responsible with the finances that God brings in my house. I see myself as very friendly, um, I cannot say, I think, I think I need to be honest, you know, you know Lisa and I, we've, we lend, we're very, uh, we've done that, and um, hmm, I think there's been times when we said, okay, so where's my money? Um, I think there's been times where we just let it go. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say I, I bet, I'm betting a thousand on this. And all of those, those things, you know, loving your enemy, those are the things that we hear. Okay, those are struggles. I get that. I, I mean, it's hard. But this pressed down, you know, 
Let's just go back to this right here. Let's just look at this for a second. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, poured into your lap. The amount that you give will be determined the amount you get back. Now, obviously, this is the sowing, reaping principle. And, and folks, I'll be the first one to say to you that this scripture has been abused. People have manipulated it. And done all kinds of things with it. I get that. And I pray to God that I would not be one of them. Um, I get it. I understand that the airways have promoted people and put them on the screen where they see church as a business. They see church as a business. They see church and God's leaders as people with their hands out. Put money in my hand and God will bless you. It comes across the airways that way. But I want to submit to you today, I think there is something very powerful there because those are the words of Jesus. There's something very powerful there. And I don't think it is, has to do with just economics, just women. I think it has to do with our heart, our emotions, our lifestyle, as how we treat other people, how we want to be treated. I think it's everything that we read right there. It's all in one package. I think it all fits together. And I think sometimes we go along picking and choosing which one that we want to excel in and which ones that we need to change. And when it comes to your, our pocketbooks, we become very, um, what's a good word? Possessive. Did I hear that word? Possessive? Any other good words? Guarded. guarded. There's another good. Possessive, guarded. How much more? Stingy. Stingy. Oh, I love that word. That's a good word. Reminds me of the, um, oh, never mind. <sighs> How about this word? Not trusting. How about that? How about, how about the fact that you, you're not stingy? How about all those things that we put in, and you're not those things? But what you are is, I don't know if I trust them with my money. I don't know if they'll do the right thing with it. I don't know if, um, if it's a good investment with, the, with what God has given to me. I, you know, how about that? Those are legitimate questions, aren't, are they not? I think they are. And I think you're, you're being responsible even thinking about those things. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what happens here is that if you and I do not venture out and invest in something, it becomes counterproductive. It becomes counterproductive. I guarantee, and this is, just, this is just a promise of Jesus. This is his promise. Trust me, if I was writing this, it would be written different. It would, you will give, and you will give this percentage, and you will like it. That's just if I was writing it, but lucky me, right? Because I'd have to live by my own. So the question here is so when he says press down, this is not like going to the store and buying a pound of flour. The idea here is there's a bag, and it's filled up, and the hand of the Lord presses it down and puts more in it, 
The bag would only hold so much. It puts more in it, and then it overflows. Then it overflows. I have a question for all of us. How do we get there? How do we get there? Now, I know. I've read enough books. I've listened to enough preachers, and I know a lot of people that are going to tell you how to do it. They're going to tell you to pull your wallet out of your purse and out of your back pocket and unload it. I think there's a lot more to it than that. I think there's a lot. Now, economics and all that for us is a big deal. I get it. I get that. But I think there's so much more than that. I think, I think that talks to me about lifestyle. It talks to me about time. It talks to me about doing life. We're better together than we are alone. It talks to me about how we, we come together and pray and let God press down our prayers and overflow us in that area. It talks about how we come together and worship with some sense of enthusiasm about who Christ is and what he's done in our lives. I think there is so much more to this than just money. I know what, I know what the scripture says. I get it. But let's go back up to verse 27 when he says, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. I think he comes right here. Judge not. Comes right here and he says, it all comes in like this and the Spirit of God presses it down and it all begins to overflow because we have learned to give of our time with our relationships and we become financially responsible Responsible in the midst of all of that. And there is a process and there is a call. I'm, I, I want to say to you this morning, and I believe this in my whole heart. People that aren't a part of the body, people, people that, you know, it isn't that they don't like, like Jesus, you know, if they've read the Bible, they go, man, who lives this, right? You know, I had a friend, I talked to a guy when I told you I lived in Park City for a while. This, he, uh, I worked for this guy, and we talked about the scriptures a lot. And he said, Darrell, I've read the Bible. I've read things of Jesus. And I said, well, what do you think? He said, if we lived by that, this world would be a different place. And I said, amen. But he, like many people, had a hard time stepping into that surrender to life under the Lordship. Of Jesus. He believed in his principles, but had a hard time surrendering into that lordship. So when we surrender into lordship, part, these are part of the benefits that come with it. That God really does want to bless you. It's not just Old Testament, that Deuteronomy, it's not just that. God, Jesus is saying, I want to bless you. So when they're hearing this, this is what they're hearing, but he backs up. Because the Old Testament said, an eye for an eye. Boy, I could live there, right? An eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And here Jesus says, no, no. Not an eye for an eye, not a tooth for a tooth. Somebody slaps you on the cheek, ah, turn the other one. Somebody asks you for your jacket, give them your coat. Go beyond. Take the extra mile. Do it better than everybody else. That's a different story, isn't it? Isn't it? Right. right, So are we feeling good? Are you inspired? 
Are you feeling hope? There is a future, right? And it's good because remember this. It's Psalm 139 says this. How precious are my thoughts to you. How precious are my thoughts to you. That's what Jesus, uh, that's what the Lord said, right? So um, let's have the worship team come forward. Um, I want to leave you with this quote as we move on uh, from Winston Churchill. It says, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give, right? Now that, that's a great quote. And it's steeped in the scripture. So we're going to go ahead and take our morning offering. If you're a guest with us today, we just want to say, look, really don't feel obligated. Uh, this is just how we kind of take care of our family business. And I want to say, again, as we say often, for one, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for being committed. Thank you for believing. Thank you for believing in us. Thank you. Because I know that giving, and this is a great time to put your blue card in there, your connect card. I know that it, it, it's, it's principle, but it's still a sacrifice. I get it. I understand that. My, Lisa and I, we live. We understand that. Matter of fact, just in a way of a quick testimony as the offering begs you around. Um, one of our goals as a couple and a family is we, you know, I grew up saying that the tithe, the 10%, you know, was taught. That's what you give. I see it kind of as a watermark. I mean, what really the scripture tells us, especially the New Testament tells us, God blesses what you put in his hands. Um, you know, but we, we, I, I've always used this 10% of my income as a watermark. But our goal at the end of the year is to go beyond that. Our goal is to go beyond that 10% every year. That's our goal. That's, you know, we give the church. There's other things that we like to give with. And, uh, that's just our goal. I'm just sharing that's just our goal. We're not try- I'm not trying to tell you you should. You should actually pray and ask God what he's asking of you and respond to that. That's what I suggest. But that's how we are. I'm just kind of, I'm saying that I think more out of this. I never ask anybody to do anything I don't do myself. I don't put anything on anybody else that I haven't done or not willing to do myself. Most of the time I do it um, because I don't, I don't want, I'm a practitioner. I'm not somebody that just lives in theory. So going back to that press down part, we're going to try to unpack that for us in the next couple of weeks, because I believe there's so much there. There's so much value in what that one comment is where the Holy Spirit wants to press it down in your lap. Okay. I want that Jesus. Press it down in my lap. How do, how's that work? And we're going to try to discover that together. Does that sound good? Does that sound good? All right. I think better together than we are alone. Let's sing a song or two.